Let's begin in Second Chronicles 11. Now in Proverbs, we're familiar with the verse. It says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. And the point is, there is a way. And then in you, when you go into Psalms, it says that Moses knew God's ways, but the people, they knew or they saw God's acts. So you see this throughout the Bible from the very beginning all the way through, where you have different ways, you have man's ways, you have the way of the enemy who tries to get man to uh, move and walk in his ways. And then you have the ways of God. Moses knew the ways of God. And as I said, you see this in the very beginning uh, with Eve and Adam, where God revealed to them his way. And his way was that you could have and eat of the garden all the, anywhere, the garden, the trees, whatever, but of this particular one, you should not eat. You cannot eat. And so that was God's way. And what happened, we know that Eve ignored God's way, Adam ignored God's way, and death came upon them, and so on. Came right down to every man that was born. And so there is this stark contrast in the Bible, and you see this contrast today with men, where, in, and I mean unsaved, saved, there is the contrast of God's ways and man's ways. What God wants, the way he wants, and the way man decides to go. And you have the same thing many times with Christians, even though they're born again, even though they receive Jesus Christ, they begin to think differently, they walk their own ways, they do their own thing, instead of going to God and moving in God's ways, His ways. Now I want to begin in Second Chronicles, and I want to show you, just give you an example from the Bible of, and this is, as I said, this is in so many different places in the Bible, but to show you a king to begin with who walked not in God's ways. Now in 2 Chronicles 11. Now this was Rehoboam, and Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. So Solomon passes away, and Rehoboam, he is the king of Judah. Well, it's actually, it was the United Kingdom at first, and then in the course of time, he places taxes upon the people, and then there's a break. We, we've talked about that before. Then you have ten tribes that go to the north, the northern kingdom, and then two tribes of Judah. Rehoboam is the king of, uh, of Judah, we'll say. So in verse 20, it talks about in verse 18 that he took to himself a wife. Then in verse 20, it says, After her he took Mekah, the granddaughter of Absalom. Then down in verse 21, Now Rehoboam loved Mekah, the granddaughter of Absalom, more than all. Uh, all his wives and his concubines, for he took 18 wives and, and 60 concubines. And then when you go to chapter 12, verse 13, Thus King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. And then in verse 14, 
it really gives you an idea where he's going here in his life. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So Rehoboam, even though he had the influence of a godly father to, to some degree with Solomon, uh, he still decided to go his own way. And, you know, you can influence your children, but still each person has to decide for themselves the way that they are going to go. Are they going to walk with God? Are they going to walk in his ways? Or are they going to go their own way, make their own decisions, and walk in their own path? Everybody has to make the decision. Every Christian has to make a decision. And uh, that decision is not just a one-time thing. You will continue on with the Lord, and there will be another decision. Will I walk with God in this? Will I go his way in this? Or will I back off and go my own way? and, and some, do something different. And we've seen examples of Christians who have done that. So I just wanted to show you. So this Rehoboam, he walked in his own ways, in his own path, in his own thinking. Now, in going back to chapter 11, God had a way for the people to walk. He had a way for Rehoboam to walk. He had a way for the people to walk. And in verse... 16, and after the Levites left, those from all the tribes of Israel, such as set their heart to seek the Lord God of Israel, uh, came to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord of their fathers. So in verse 15, Rehoboam appoints priests for the high places, and these priests uh, were involved with idol worship and so forth. So then you come down to verse 16, you have the Levites and the people now, and they decide to seek the Lord. In verse uh, 17, so this is, this is while they're seeking the Lord or after they're seeking the Lord. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, strong for three years because they walked in the way of David and Solomon for three years. So they walked in the way of the Lord for a, a certain amount of time. But I wanted to show you here the contrast of Rehoboam, the king who walked in his own way, and then we know there was failure in his, in his life, but you have the Levites or, and the people who, as it says in verse 16, they set their hearts to seek the Lord. And when they set their hearts to seek the Lord, or you could say whenever they walked in God's ways, then they strengthened their own walk, their own life, and they strengthened the nation through this decision to walk in God's ways. So that's how important it is. It's important for us, if we are going to be Christians who God can use the way he wants to use us, then we must, in our heart, seek the Lord and determine that we are going to walk in his way, whatever that way is that he shows us. Uh, whatever we know that we are to do, we are to walk in that way. And when we do that, we will be strengthened and we will have what we need for the Lord to use us to strengthen other people. So uh, let's turn to Hebrews. I want to show you another example. This is a familiar portion of scriptures, Hebrews 12. And I have this in uh, my notes here in another translation, which I'll read in a minute. 
Hebrews 12, verse 16. And this is speaking of Esau. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, and the reason why he was called profane was, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance. Uh, or, as one translation says, he found no way to change his mind. So it's not that the Lord would not accept his repentance, because we know that if a person repents, that the Lord accepts them. But it wasn't that. It's that he wanted the birthright, but he, he couldn't change his mind uh, at that point, and it was too late to go back and pick up something that he had laid down and given away. So it says, For he found no place of repentance, repentance though he sought it diligently with tears. Now I want to read this from the Amplified. He could, find, could not find an opportunity to repair by repentance what he had done, no chance to recall the choice that he had made. And the reason is because Esau walked in his way. He didn't walk in the way that the Lord wanted, and he didn't give heed to seeking the Lord. If he would have been seeking the Lord, then this whole thing that transpired with him as far as the birthright would have never occurred. But he, he didn't place his heart in a, in a position that I'm going to seek the Lord. Instead, he walked in his own ways. And in the NIV says this, he could bring about no change of mind in himself, probably and in Isaac, his father, because it was done. So there are consequences, and the Bible is full of them, for those who walk in their own way and those who walk in God's ways. There's consequences, some good, some not so good. Now, in the same chapter here, now, whenever we go to chapter 12, let me see here, where is it? Usually, we, we, we move in our, at least I do, I, I think about chastening. Uh, but I think this is quite interesting that, that this is in this chapter, right above this, verse 11. Cause so, we're, so what we're doing now, we talked about Esau, that's a few verses down. Now we're backing up a few verses, and I'm going to show you the context of that. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it or, or those who are exercised therein. So chastening here, as it says here, partaking of his holiness, the only way that a Christian is really going to partake of God's holiness is walking in God's ways to some degree. Some, you know, I hate to get into all this, but some Christians will walk in God's ways in a, in a greater degree than others. See, not everybody will, will press on past their heart, their own desires, what they want in life, they may, you know, walk in God's ways maybe for a couple things that, you know, are not so difficult. But when it comes to some other thing, 
they may you know, not walk in God's ways in that. So you have you know, people, Christians, who walk in God's ways, and they're interested in God, and they seek the Lord. And then you may have some Christians that you know, are, you know, they, they flounder. They, 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 they vacillate from one place to another. But the point being is that partaking of his holiness will be done according to his ways. See, so I can't live the way I want. I mean, I can, but if I want to partake of God's holiness, then I must walk in his ways. If I don't walk in his ways, it's going to be impossible for me to, to have you know, the holiness, you know, you know, be holy, for I am holy. You know, it's going to be impossible for that to take place. And so in verse 13, and make straight paths for your feet so that what is uh, lame may, be not, may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So this is an aspect uh, of chastening. Chastening mainly is to get a, the person, the Christian, out of their ways and into God's ways. That's why he's chastening. He chastens, and, and you can see that in the context here. That's threaded through the context here. Get me out of my ways, my thinking, what I want to do in life, what I consider success. And he chastens me to walk in his ways. See, there's, there, you, there again, you have the, the two things in the scripture that are opposed, opposite of, our, of one another. So now we're where we were last week. What are God's ways? Well, I'm going to give you a couple. His will revealed through His word. And I just have a couple examples uh, written here. Psalm 119.15 the psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and have respect to your ways, the path of life marked out by your law. So he's talking about the law or the word, and he's, he's saying that that is what will bring me into your ways. That's your way for me. When, when they would, uh, for example, in Deuteronomy, it says that you shall not harden your heart toward your poor brother. So that's the way God is. That's a way that he wants us to follow. And so the Bible, if you go back and look at a lot of different, different things in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there are specific things to help us, to direct us in his way. So that's, that's one aspect that, that his, his word here will direct, it will bring us into his way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What for what? What reason? To take us in the way, the way you know the Lord has for us. Now let's turn to Isaiah 55. And this is a, a verse that we use, or, or Christians use, people use, and they will apply this to the ways of God, and they will say that. You know that that that's way way up there, and 
it's not something that we can understand. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So he's saying your ways are not my ways. But see, we'll take that verse and we'll quote that verse, but see, you have to see sometimes the context, because if you can grasp the context there, then the Lord can teach you and show you something. Now let's back up a couple verses. Uh, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. What's he talking about there? He's talking about repentance. Let the wicked forsake his way. His way. You know, repent. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to the God and, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So the context here for my thoughts and my ways are not your ways is repentance. So he's speaking to those here, the Jews, who were into idolatry and they were impure in their heart. So a person in that place where they're impure and there's idols in their heart, they're not going to understand, they're not going to see God's ways. See, because God says, my ways are not your ways, so he, the context here is, are, uh, would be those who have not repented. Um, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So are my ways higher than your ways. So, God has placed in his word different ways to help us in this life. Now, we're not going to understand all of God's ways because uh, in, in Romans, Paul says his ways are past finding out. And so I actually went to that verse and I looked, it says um, his, it's unsearchable and his ways are, are past finding out. And unsearchable is, means this. It means uh, pertaining to being impossible to understand on the basis of careful examination or investigation. And I believe he's talking about the mind. See, you cannot understand God's ways with your mind. And then the, uh, the Hebrew, or excuse me, the Greek word that's translated past finding out, it means that you cannot comprehend or you cannot understand with your mind. So here you are, you're a Christian, and you're walking a certain way with him, and you're trying to please the Lord. And then he shows you something that you must do, a way that you must go. And when you look at that and try to figure it out with your mind, it makes no sense. It looks like it's going to make the whole circumstance worse. And it makes it look like you're going to be a fool if you do it. So, you know, when you look at it with your mind, it's not going to make sense. So the ways of God, in my experience, the, what I have seen, which is not much, but what I have seen, those ways are contrary to what I would pick, the way I would think. 
And so you can't understand God's ways with your mind. You can't reason because many times what God directs one into is beyond reason. I mean, how, how can you reason faith? I mean, faith is something that, you know, the Lord puts in you and you have faith for a particular thing or whatever it may be. And many times that's beyond our reason because reason would say, what are you doing? That makes no sense. And so here he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. See, but it doesn't mean that God does not want to show us some of his ways. To the contrary, the Lord wants to use our circumstances to reveal his ways to us in them. Now, I have learned a few things. And some of the very things that are really valuable, I have learned in circumstances where the Lord showed me what was going on. Because, you know, you in, you're in things, and a lot of times you, you don't know what's going on. If you've ever counseled, for example, a married couple for marriage counseling, you go in there, and you don't know what's going on. So you have to depend upon the Lord in the process of time as you're talking to start to uncover what is going on with one and the other and, and what's, you know, what's keeping these two at odds with one another. God's ways are the same. You know, you're in a circumstance and you really don't know what's going on. You don't know whether to go this way or that way. You don't know. What are you doing, Lord? And so you rest in him, you wait for him, and in the process of time, he begins to uncover his way in that, and that way most likely will be totally contrary to what you would think or even want to do. And I remember some years ago, the Lord showed me something in a circumstance, and I said, Lord, that, I can't do that. I can't do it. I said, but I will trust you and believe you to help me and strengthen me. Because it was totally, I couldn't, I knew I couldn't do it. You ever get like that? You just can't do it. So I trusted the Lord and he strengthened me to do what he showed me, his way in that circumstance. So some of the, the heap, now we're, I'm looking here, when, I, when I'm giving you these definitions here, this is uh, from the scripture in Psalm where it says that Moses knew God's ways. The word ways also means a path. Uh, let's turn to Isaiah 66. Okay, what verse is it here? Oh, here it is. Verse 3. He who kills a bull is, is as if he slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb as if he breaks a dog's neck. He who offers a grain offering as if he offers swine's blood, which we know that was unclean. They weren't to do that. And he who burns incense as if he blesses an idol. Just here's, here's the key, what he's saying here. Just as they have chosen 
their own ways. So he's talking about the Israelites here, who, as I said before, were idolaters, and their hearts were impure, but they thought that even if that, that was the case, they could come and they could do the law, they could do the sacrifices, and they could you know, offer up incense, and it would be okay. And God says, no, it's like breaking a dog's egg. It's like offering the blood of swine. It's like blessing an idol. Just as they have chosen their own way, and their, their soul delights in their abominations. So you have here the Israelites here, who decided to walk in their own way. They weren't interested in going going God's way. They weren't interested in the path that the Lord had cut out for them. They went in their own path. The children of Israel in the wilderness went in their own path. But if you back up, verse 2, But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. See, that's the one who's going to walk in my path. But these people here, they're not walking in my path. And in Proverbs, you see the scripture says, don't let your heart be turned aside to her ways. It's talking about the harlot or a type of the world system. Don't let your heart be be turned to her way, to the world system. See, because if your heart turns that way, then your ways are going to be as the world's ways or as the harlot's ways, a different direction, a different way. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way, it says in Proverbs. So here again, even in a few verses in uh, Isaiah 66, you see this contrast between God's ways and man's ways. Another meaning is a direction. Now in, I'm just going to read this from my notes. I guess we can turn it. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. Sometimes I think it's better to turn and actually read the verse and to see the verse and listen to someone read the verse to you. You know, maybe it will sink in more. Some people, they learn, you know, people learn different ways. You know, some people, they they hear, and that's fine. Some people, they need the visual, and they need to hear it. I like to write things on the board, because sometimes people say that helps them. I, I believe it does. But in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, chapter 30, Let me back up here. Um, Let's go to verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So he's telling the the children of Israel that, but, you know, that is a a constant. The Lord does this continually. There's always um, life and death, good and evil, set before man so that man can choose the direction he's going to go, and before the people of God. Verse 16, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God. Well, how, how am I going to love the Lord my God? Well, read the verse. To walk in his ways. 
See, when you walk in his ways and you keep his commandments, that shows that you love him. See, that's in the New Testament. But, but that's also in the Old Testament. His statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go uh, to possess. But if your heart turns away, see, so here he says, this, this is the way, walk ye in it. Here's a way of the Lord that you would choose life. That's the way. And, and that's, of course, many times we relate to that, to that as initial salvation, and that is true. But you will experience life and death as a Christian. You will experience God's ways when you choose life. But if you choose your own ways and that runs its course, then death will result. Not physical death. It, there's a separation from God. Verse 17, but if you turn your hearts, uh, or excuse me, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. Now look at verse 19. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. So the Lord here is putting a direction He's laying out a direction to go, his way. And that direction is life. So going back to what I was saying before, I was in this circumstance, and the Lord, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the Lord wanted. But when he came and he showed me his way or his ways, I said, Lord, I can't do that. So if I am paralyzed in fear and I, I don't step forward to do what the Lord is showing me to do, his way, then that has an effect on me as a Christian. See, if I want to choose life in that so that I have more of the life of God, then I must choose his way. If I do not choose his way, I do not receive more of the life of God. I've come that you, might, that you might have life, initially, and that you might have it more abundantly. That's, that's a more fuller thing. That's a continual thing. More life, more life, more abundant life. That's more. See, so we, we choose, not the Lord, we choose whether we want the abundant life or, you know, we're just going to be satisfied being called a Christian and going to heaven. So the Lord desires that we go in this direction that we would have life. Life. So his ways uh, are the direction. Now listen to me. His ways are the direction of blessing. So if you want the blessing of God in your life, then you go his way. Um, I'll quote this. Well, let, let's turn there. I was going to quote it, but Psalm 128. You see, you have to 
ask yourself, do I want the blessing of God? Now, when, when you say yes, that means two things. That means, first of all, that you are going to walk in his ways. Secondly, that means that you must allow the Lord to define what blessing really is. See, we in our mind define, if God does this for me, that's the blessing. But the true blessing of the gospel is not outward prosperity. The true blessing of the gospel is inward prosperity. Remember that. Don't be fooled by the preachers that tell you that, you know, to really prosper in God, you give $100 and he's going to give you 1000 Well, he might do that. But that's not the true blessing. The true blessing is, is prosperity in the inner man through walking in God's way, his way. In Psalm 128, you can underline this, you can make note of this, because this is true then, and it will be true always. Verse 1. Blessed. You see that word? Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. So there is no true blessing apart from walking in His ways. That's as clear as clear can be to me. So if I want the blessing of God in my life, then I must walk in his ways. And I must allow him to define what blessing really is for me. Because he might say, go here, go, go there, go do this. I was like, that's not the blessing of God. I, mean, I don't want to do that. But you find whenever you obey and you do that, it, you walk in that way, his way, that he does something in here and he places life more abundantly in here, inside, which is the true blessing. Now, another meaning of this word ways is his methods. His methods. Now, of course, that means what you can see, because God can, he can show you his ways, his methods, how he's doing things through his word. But I am more so talking about in this, his methods, is what he, he shows you and what you see in your personal circumstance, in your personal walk. Because you know you, you serve a personal, he's a personal savior. So he is to you what no one else can be, and he is to me what no one else can be. What he does with you, he may not do with me. How he communicates to you, he may not communicate the same to the person next to you. The ways he shows you in your circumstance will be different than the ways he shows someone else in their circumstances because we're all individuals and we're pretty much in different circumstances with different hearts, with different emotions and all that. So the Lord will come and he will tailor a circumstance 
for you in your life so that, not that you complain about it, not that you say, I don't know why things have to go like this for me. I don't know why this is this way. I don't know why that's that way. No, so that he can reveal himself and his ways in your circumstance, if you want it. If you have determined in your heart that you are going to choose life, if you have determined in your heart that you're going to walk in his ways when he shows you them, then I believe he'll begin to do that. But a lot of Christians cannot see the ways of God. They want to go to this person and that person and talk to this person and talk to the pastor and get all this counsel when they should know the ways of God. And the reason why they don't is because they have not determined they're going to do whatever God shows them to do. See, now if Christians would determine in their heart beforehand that they're going to follow God and walk in His ways before they get in the circumstance, then... God will start to open up his word. God will start to show them what they are to do and the way that they are to walk in. But see, too many Christians, they want to choose their own path. They want to walk in their own way. They're not too interested in the ways of the Lord, especially if the Lord is saying to do something that is very, very difficult for them. So they're just... They're going to go their own way in this circumstance. If they go their own way, God most likely is not going to be able to show them his ways, what he wants them to do, because he, this is the, the way walking in it. I want you to, to do this in your circumstance. Instead, they want to do their own thing. And what happens is they get themselves in trouble and then they want to go to the pastor. Then they want to go to the leader. Then they want to go to their friends. They want counsel because they don't know what's going on, things aren't, aren't right in their life, and see, that could be avoided for the most part if they're going to walk in God's ways. See, because God is a personal God, and He will, will be very personal to you in your circumstance, and He will show you in the process of time the way that you should go, if you want to know. And if you have determined to go his way, then I tell you, as Psalm 128 once says, you will be blessed because you're walking his, in his way and you will begin to see some of the ways of God. And I remember being in a circumstance once. And I'm not going to tell you what it was. But the Lord had me going in one direction in that thing. I knew it was the way to go. And I went in that for like two years, two and a half years. And then the Spirit of God came to me and, and, and spoke to my heart and showed me in my circumstance, now I want you to go the complete opposite direction. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But I said, okay, Lord, I know this is you. I will go in that way. And sure enough, I went in that for about two months, and the Lord says, no, now I want you to go back and go in the other way that you were going. And he did that twice to me. And I was just, it was very emotional, I must say. I'm not an emotional person, real emotional person. But it was very emotional because God was touching something in me, and he was breaking down uh, my 
I don't want to say my, my, maybe my stubbornness or maybe something there that, that may have been resistant to him. And finally, the Lord says, okay, this is the way and, and this is done. This is the way you're going to go. But it wasn't fun. But I will say this. When I come out the other side of that circumstance, I knew something was different in my heart, in my, in my inner man. I knew something was different. And I knew that the Lord had imparted something to me. And I'll say that was more of the life of God. And I don't believe that I could have ever had that if I didn't go God's way. See, that's how important it is. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Well, okay, choose life. That doesn't mean mentally I'm going to choose life. I'm going to church. That doesn't mean that. It means when, like, the rubber of the tire meets the road, it means that now when the difficult thing comes, are you going to choose God's way or your own way? See, now that's the difficulty. That's the difficulty, and Christians fail in that sometimes. And that's okay. If they still have a heart for God, pick yourself up. As it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with hands. See, but there has to be a willing person there. The Lord will, will lift them up. Okay, now continue on. And, you know, you made a mistake. That's fine. Continue on. The Lord's gracious like that. But the point is that he wants us to to learn his way to some degree, not that we'll know all of God's ways, of course, but we want to learn some of them in our own circumstance and situation because that's very valuable and it will bring more of the life of God into your heart. Isaiah 58. How many here want to honor God, really want to honor God? Raise your hand. Do you really want to honor God? Isaiah 58, verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall, listen to this, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. So in, in verse 13, and shall honor him not doing your own ways. So what, what he's saying here, take it out of the negative and put it in the positive. You honor God by doing his way, his way. When you go his way, you honor God. So if you raised your hand and you say, I want to honor God, well, the Lord sees that. But he doesn't want lip service. and He doesn't want just a raised hand. He wants you to honor him by walking in his way and desiring him. And when he shows you his way, you walk in it. That's how you honor God. Not by saying it, not by just desiring it, but... By doing it. Doing it. Now in closing, one last verse in Isaiah chapter 2. 
I love the Lord. He is so good. He is so gracious. And he's so patient with us. He really is. I mean, I'm a little thick sometimes. I, and the Lord knows that. And sometimes it takes more to get through to me on certain things. But I'm, I'm thankful that he's patient and loving because he knows, I, I believe, if he gets through to me, now I have the choice. Now I can do the right thing, hopefully. But the Lord is, is patient. You know, he could give up on us quick. You know, we all make mistakes. We all miss it. You know, we all miss certain things. We're not all perfect as far as that goes. And I don't care how long we've been Christians. Sometimes some small thing comes and we miss it. But the point is, do we want the Lord? Do we want to serve him? Are we able to go to him and say, Lord, I know I have faults and shortcomings, but I do want to walk in your way. So if we have a heart like that, we want to serve the Lord, we want to walk in his way. Look what it says in Isaiah 2, verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. See, he will be the one to teach us of his ways. Who is he going to teach his ways? See, those who want to know, and I believe those who will walk in his ways. Look at the next part of the verse. And we shall walk in his path. See, that's what he wants. It's not just showing us his way so that we can say, oh, I see the ways of God in this, in this uh, circumstance I'm in. That's not it. That's good. And he does that. But he does it for a purpose. And the purpose is so that his people would walk in his ways. His ways. So he has his ways in his word. He has a path for you to go. The direction you choose is important, very important. And his methods he will reveal in your life and in your circumstance to some degree if you want to, if you really want to know, and if you really want to do. And he's a good God, and he will do that for you personally. 